Good evening. Oh, there she is. Hang on a sec. Good evening, Sash. I'm just going to add you in, even though we're live at the moment. How good is this? <laughs> we are live, Sash. Turn your phone that way, babe. If you're on your phone. So we're live at the moment. This is how you can tell it's a proper show when we go live. <laughs> Let's see. Let me see. Can I do it? Let me see. Perfect. Love. Well done. Gorgeous. So welcome okay. to Success in the City. My name's Helen Webster. I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott. And our guest today is the wonderful Sasha. Sasha. <laughs> yes. Well done. So Sasha's got Apple. Uh, Apple Mac or Chrome or something like that and everybody yeah. who, who comes with um, Chrome uh, and Apple Mac always goes oh I've had to do this with Chrome and stuff and Sandra's got a Mac as well so um, yeah but you're here how are you? I'm here I'm good I'm good how are you? I'm very good thank you very good I'm dead excited that you're here dead excited. I'm excited um, to be here cool so first we do a shout out to the kids okay any young people who've done amazing things Sandra any young people who've done amazing things yeah, quite a few. Actually, I've had a really good week with the young people and I met a lovely young lady on Saturday morning who I'm going to be doing some work with and another young lady today. So that was great. Um, and I'm sure you're going to give a shout out for the young people we met today. So I'll let you yep. do that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I'm going to give a shout out to Rudston um, School who... Um, all the little people were in today. So we had um, the Bright Stars, which were the nursery, who were oh, just like these tiny little tots who were dead cute. Um, and then we had year four this afternoon. We had, oh, we had reception, and then we had year four. Um, and they were all amazing. And we're back there tomorrow on Friday as well. So uh, a big shout out to Rudston. It's a pretty cool school. Um, what about you, Sash? Any little people who've done anything? Um, you know what? I've seen no little people the last few weeks at all. Seen oh, haven't you? No, so I'm a bit jealous of you two now. I know, I know. You'll be well jealous of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so success personally, what personal thing has happened to you this week that's been amazing? Can be anything like having your hair cut or anything. Hasn't got to be like really something amazing. Go on, San. Oh, well, um, I've had a few things. I've got some new clients as well and things, so that's really good. Um, and I don't know if people know Steph, um, who's no, known a bit more widely locally as Scouse Bird, and she has the Scouse Bird Problems page, she did, and Scouse Bird Problems blog, which is really good. Um, so I'm teaching her Italian. Amazing. So unbeknownst to me, she went and did about 11 like little videos on Instagram and like sent them to me. And I don't know what I'm doing with Instagram, but I tried to share them. So I think I shared one in the end. I don't know. But it was really, really nice. So she liked it. And next minute, like I've had about another 80 people like my Instagram page. So I don't do so much on Instagram. So I'm going to have to step up my, uh, mm -hmm. my little thing. That's you know, the chat away one for the business, you know. So that was really good. And she knows loads of Italian already. So we had a really cool lesson and everything. Brilliant. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What about you? Well, I'm going to ask Sash. Sash, what, what boss things have happened to you this week? Um, I've had quite a good week. I've um, been able to post out some new interviews on uh, on my YouTube channel, which is always good. And um, yeah, I've got some new subscribers, which always excites me. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's been a good week for me, actually. Brilliant. I'm loving that. Loving that. So my success is I did the Anglesey 10K on Sunday. Yeah. So I'd booked myself in for the Anglesey half during lockdown because I thought, give me something to focus on. And I did loads of training and then it'd been postponed three times. And then basically I forgot about it. And then I got an email. I think I got my race pack come through and it said, well done. Here's your And I thought, oh God, I haven't done any training. So I asked them, could I change it from the half marathon to the canine cross so I could run with the dog and do a 10K? So they were like, yeah, that's cool. So they changed it. And I was like, happy days. Didn't realise it was going to be as tough as it was. So running on sand and running in the hills, I would say a 10K on the trails is harder than a half marathon on the road. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so my legs were in bits on Monday. I couldn't walk. Tuesday, <laughs> I was a little bit stiff. Today, I'm all right. But <laughs> I was like, yeah, didn't do any cool down or anything. I was just like, oh, yeah, I feel great. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Loved it. So I think I'm going to become a trail runner. Nice. So there well, you go. Thank you. Thank you. 
thank you. And Poppy's <laughs> ears. He's pretty cool as well. He was pretty yeah. amazing. So Sasha is in the house today. Okay. We're going to find all about Sasha a lot, lot more. But first, Sasha, we're going to play this or that. So Sandra's going to ask me and you, and I'm going to ask you and San. Okay. So okay. Sandra, are you going first or am I going first? Go first today. I'm going to go first today. Okay. So sort of like what you're doing now because you're doing your podcast and things, which we'll go into a bit later on. So I've sort of themed it a little bit. So professional or amateur boxing? Professional. Professional. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, San? Professional, <laughs> 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 because some of my clients follow boxing, and one of them, a couple of them, are, really follow the boxing. And um, they have, we can Google stuff in other languages, and then they like to look at the language, like say in the interviews in Spanish or whichever language it is, and we can go through them. Yeah, so that's what I've got to say about boxing. Sorry. Well done, son. Um, and I'm professional as well, although I do really like amateur. I don't follow amateur boxing, um, but I follow I follow the professional more. So, you yeah. did do a charity boxing match that I went yeah, to. I did, which is, which is we're, we're going to get on to that. It was all Sasha <laughs> Jones's fault that I did it. Just saying. Yeah. Go on, son, what's yours? Okay, so I've noticed a picture in the back. So Safari Holiday or beach holiday? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say beach holiday, just to have that little unwind, that little relax. Oh, I'd have had like you down for safari. I'd have, I'd have put my life on safari for you there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> might just be today. Um, I think I might be just tired today, and I just want a beach yeah. holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Hal? Um, safari hands that I've been on safari and it was just one of the most amazing experiences in my life. I just absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, I think you can go on a beach anytime, but yeah, safari 100%. What about you, Sam? If it was, I've been on safari, if it was a one off, one or the other, it's safari hands down because what you see is amazing and it's fantastic and you remember it forever. But if it was every single year, it would be beach because I need to relax. <laughs> <laughs> Relax because you like that, aren't you? And um, yeah, yeah. quite stressful when an elephant charges towards the van. So um, <laughs> you've got to be quite careful. But I think um, for me, beach overall. But if it was a choice of a one-off, it's safari, definitely. Safari, safari. Okay. Um. So it's my turn. Okay. Motivational podcast or reading it in a book. So not an audio book, like a, like a motivational podcast, or or like are you better reading the quotes? What how did they sort of sink in for you, um, Sash? I'm gonna say book because I think when I love podcasts, but you know when they say something really good, sometimes I think have I just missed that because I'm busy like looking at the dog across the road as I'm walking down the street. Whereas with a book, it's just I don't know, it goes in more, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I am. Um, I listen to Audible a lot purely because of time. It's easier, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, I haven't got time to read that. This is why I want the beach holiday, Helen, so I can take a book away for me to read. Um, but if I if I have the time to read in a book, I, I much prefer because um, it sort of goes in a bit more, you know, as you say, you blink and you've missed something on a podcast or an audio book. What about you, Helen? 100% book. I can't do, I can't do podcasts or, um, I can listen to a podcast for pleasure. So I yeah. can listen to like a, an interview or something like that. But anything that I've got to remember, because I don't, I can't do song lyrics or anything like that. Can I? I'm rubbish at, you know, so, um, so a to total enough. And also I like to turn the physical page of a book. Um, and then yeah. I like to say to somebody, this is an amazing book and, and pass it on. Mm -hmm. So I don't even like audio books or Kindles or anything like that. I like a proper yeah. book. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, San. Okay. Classical music or rave music specifically? Oh, gosh. That's neither. Can I pick neither? <laughs> <laughs> What do you like? Um, 
I'd have to say classical over rave, definitely. I think rave just gives me a headache, to be fair. I feel like I'm too old for rave, actually. So, oh. yeah, I'm past <laughs> <laughs> <Doing your baby. laughs> yeah what about you helen so i love rave music but i also love classical and driving down to anglesey i had classic fm on the way there and on the way back because i quite like to drive when i'm on my own i quite i mean the dog was with me but i quite like to drive with yeah. classical music and when i used to live away and i used to come home i used to listen to classical music coming home because it's just like really therapeutic mm -hmm. to drive around um and James has asked if Auntie Helen has ears, he can see Sandra and Sasha have ears. Yes, I've got ears. Look, there's my ears. <laughs> so, um, oh, but, but I love a bit of rave as well. Uh, I think if I could only listen to one ever again, I'd probably have to pick rave, you know. Oh, no. I know, proper full on, like, because it just takes me back to being 20. So yeah, what would you pick, Sam? Um, so I like classical music. I like rave music. Being very old, Sasha. But um, so I, if I have to pick one or the other forever, I keep the rave. To be honest, <laughs> no, I don't go to raves, but I like it. I like banging music to drive to. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Yeah, very much so. But when we went to exercises the other day, like which is half six in the morning, um before you got the hat, I was there and Sophie was there and Sophie wound the window down, she had classical and I went in like bang, but I don't have it loud when I'm driving so I don't disturb yeah. anyone there. But when she, and I thought, oh, and she had this class and it was just said nice. You listen to classic FM in a car, yeah, when she's driving around. Yeah, 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 it was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, um, so we're gonna go on the tennis theme, okay. Doubles or singles, Sash? <laughs> Um, doubles because then I've got someone to blame when I'm not playing very well. <laughs> like I used to do to you, Helen. What about you, Sam? Singles because in doubles, the other person gets really angry when they get whacked by my own tennis racket, <laughs> Helen, in my experience. Like that. <laughs> so it's singles, I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm doubles all the way because I've won more trophies in doubles than I did in singles. Yeah, so I like doubles. I like the, I like the, I like the sort of tactics of a game of doubles, and you haven't got to run as much of you as, uh, as, as the singles does you in a bit, yeah, isn't it? A bit easier. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, go on, Stan. Yeah, tactics when you play the tennis, hitting the balls a win for me. That's my little <laughs> trophy. Oh, okay, right, last one then. Cats or dogs, Sasha? This is always controversial. Dogs. Dogs, absolutely. Oh, yeah, got to be dogs. Love my dog. And any dog on the street, when I see you, I get so excited. You know, I have to say hi to the dog, you know, as if it's a baby. And, you know, ignore yeah. all the humans. But I'm like, oh, hello. And yeah, I was a dog. Cool. All yeah. right. So I've got a dog on my left side and a, and a cat on my right side. Watch, because the cat might hear. I know. So I'm not... I'm, 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 I've got to say the dog. Got to say the dog. Because it's like, you know, we went out on Sunday on our little adventure. We went for a run. You can't really do that with a cat. <laughs> Can you? I, I'm really torn on this one. I love dogs, but I really love cats as well. I think cats are so cute and soft. But um, but I just love dogs. Dogs are dead friendly as well. Yeah. Whereas cats can be quite aloof at times and... Um, it's like they tolerate you even when you feed them. Cats and, aren't bothered, are they? Cats just fume over you. They're like, why are you here? Yeah. Well, Angus was particularly <laughs> an arrogant cat. But um, some of them are very, but some of them are like really off. But yeah. Yeah, and then some of them are all over you and in your face. And it's the fair. But yeah, dogs, okay. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Talk well, yourself. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. Eddie's just like trying to like clamber me now. But uh, yeah, I like puppy better than you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we've heard a little bit about Sash. So Sash and I have known each other for a long, long time. Um, I'm not sure how old you are now, Sash. I was trying to work out. I think you're about 25. Oh no, 28. Are you 28? 28. Yeah, 28. I know. I wow. Know. Well, that's because we've lost two years of COVID. Haven't we? Wow, 28. Yeah. That makes yeah. like really crazy then. So it's got to be then. <laughs> 
wow 28 um about 14 years maybe 13 14 years yeah i was trying to work out how old i was when i was at the tennis club and i was like was i like 13 i just couldn't was i 13 or 14 yeah yeah so sash stormed into the tennis club yeah a long long time ago um as a young tennis player um who was absolutely so we we played tennis um, and taught ourselves to play tennis and then sash come in as a young person who'd you know played sort of really good tennis and being coached and stuff like that so a totally different style of tennis and a different um and sasha was my partner playing tennis so i taught her everything that i know and <laughs> let her win loads of trophies yeah yeah we, we won a few yeah, we won yeah. a good couple of years on the bounce there and um yeah, and then she went off to in the big bad world and um, went down to Nottingham and and did some tennessee things there and then come back to Liverpool um and now is is totally changed and is um doing women's boxing now so i don't want to tell you anything more because i'm going to hand it over to you sash to tell us about your adventures and then we'll just chip in as we go along so over to you yeah yeah, well, like I say, obviously I joined that tennis club. I was, yeah, I was like 13, 14, wasn't I? And yeah. um, we were loads of doubles trophies. I've still got them somewhere, I'm sure. My mum might have. She might have thrown them away by now. But um, yeah, and I think I played until I was like maybe 18 or something and then switched over to coaching. I think I done my first coaching qualification when I was like 16. Dropped out of six form because I was like, oh, I'm just going to be a tennis then. Um, yeah just carried on coaching obviously coaching Liverpool for a couple of years um you know obviously in that club and a couple of others and then just got a really good opportunity in Nottingham I think I must have been like 22 possibly when I moved to Nottingham so I thought it was just the right time it's nice to move away I think at times isn't it? obviously I didn't go to uni so I didn't get that experience of moving away and I was just in a way like desperate I think you become like a proper adult when you move away I couldn't just like hop back to my mum's and steal food like I used to beforehand. Yeah. I was like, really got to like survive on my own. But yes, yeah, so I went to Nottingham for, I think like three and a half years in the end and uh, and coached there. And um, yeah, it was amazing. I had some good experiences there and, and worked with some great people as well, which is I think the best bit about tennis is like the people you get to meet. And obviously traveling, working in different places, you, you get to meet all sorts of different people, don't you? And you got to meet somebody really cool, didn't you, with the She Rallies programme? Yes, yes. So obviously got to meet Judy Murray, which um, she's obviously a fan favourite. But yeah, it was great. I think I worked with her for like two and a half, three years. And I love that work. Obviously, it was about empowering women in tennis, because like I think all sports, there's just not enough women in tennis. Um, in tennis. And it was the same of tennis coaches. I think we make up such a small minority. Um, I think at the time when I was coaching, there was only like 17% of coaches were female, which is obviously Gosh. just like far, yeah, it's far too low. Um, so yeah, I got to do a lot of work with Judy on, on trying to get more female coaches, you know, right from like grassroots level. So we just get just volunteers or mums or teachers, just anyone who had a little bit of a passion for, for getting more girls, just a little active um obviously a pretty good mentor to have and a good role model to have because uh she knows what she's doing she might have developed a couple of wimbledon champions so she obviously knows what she's doing yeah definitely and then you set up um your own little tennis little people didn't you program yeah yeah i had um a business junior aces that that was running really well in nottingham so we'd go into schools and we'd deliver after school club tennis but we wanted it to be like a tennis club going to school so rather than just rocking up with a couple of tennis rackets and things like that sorry um it was about making it like a tennis club environment to taking all of the kids make it look like it was when you got the tennis club eventually and um, yeah that's good law and often we you know have brilliant tennis coaches who go in deliver for like 30 kids at a time and, and just try and get all these kids who might not have accessibility to go to clubs you know if it's too far away or you know we're just trying to break down them barriers really um and again that went you know obviously pre-covid that was going really really well obviously covid hit so you couldn't go into schools 
yeah. which was unfortunate. But I think a lot of people um, had that sort of problem, obviously, during COVID as well. It's interesting, Sasha, what you're saying there about it making accessibility, um, a tennis accessible, because a lot of people don't maybe get to play tennis and that. Is it is it something that you think's traditionally regarded as, say, a very um, quite an expensive sport to do, and maybe a very middle class sport? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's still always going to have that um, opinion of a rich person's sport, maybe. Yeah. And there's definitely like we're breaking down barriers. I think tennis doing a better job at that. Um, there's more community tennis now there's more opportunities but there aren't that many tennis clubs realistically if you look at you know how many football pitches there are around mm -hmm. and then you look at how many tennis clubs there are it, it's not the same so I think one of the biggest things we were trying to break with the barrier is is just going to the schools because kids are already there it's like the best yeah. place you're ever oh oh she's gone she vanished but you know it's interesting what she was saying there because Everyone I've spoken to from tennis clubs are so lovely and they want people to play. And um, I did some language training over in Heswell at the tennis club there. We used the venue for a while and they were so nice. And you think, oh, Heswell Tennis Club, you know, oh, my goodness. They just wanted everyone to come in and access it. And and that's what they do. And I think it's one of those things, once you got into it, you'd really enjoy it and love and love it. Oh, you know? definitely. I think, I think most most sports clubs that you go to want other people to experience sport yeah and quite a lot of sort of the bad press around sport comes from people's opinions externally of and they've never been and joined in the sport you know yeah um, and tennis so tennis was a massive massive part of my life growing up yeah um, so i started playing when i was about 14 15 um in, in the club, you know, in, in, in Bohemians in, in um, West Derby. And um, we spent our youth there. So we had the great, there was about oh, 20 of us, you know, all young, all, all the same age. We used to spend like our summer holidays, our weekends. And um, and it was such a big, and, you know, people say, oh, like, you know, tennis was only for posh people and this, that, and the other. And it really isn't. It's for all walks of life. Yeah. Um, and when you're on a tennis court, you are... Um, you're as equal as everybody else, you know, because uh, and it's on you your skill and your ability. Of course, yeah. yeah. And you know, we, we had some we had some great tennis players and we had some um but sometimes you'd play, you know, with some people who, who were not as good. Um yeah. and that improves them. And then sometimes you'd play with people who are better than you and that improves you. Um, yeah, exactly. Like chess. Like chess, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but not as yeah so so we had a massive massive amazing time at the tennis club and i've still got friends you know who i played tennis with you know and, and still keep in contact with them you know which is um cool so peter lloyd's listening in and he says he loved playing tennis at the local club but started later in life shame we didn't have the facilities in school um and i think quite a lot of schools now are trying to encourage um lots of sports so it's not just about tennis you know the the curriculum now they're trying to get because you know years ago like every little boy was a football and every little girl was a ballet dancer and things have changed massively massively yeah. now that you know years ago when i was growing up that's what it was when when you were little and yeah. um, whereas now you know there's martial arts and there's girls football and there's you know um tennis and golf and cricket and you know lots and lots of basketball is a, is a big thing in liverpool now um, and yeah. there's lots of accessibility um into sports and things um and sasha um ended up with an injury um so we were talking about boxing before sasha started doing some boxing training and i had followed her on uh social media we, we, we kept in touch even though she was in nottingham just some little yeah. messages you know every time we saw um stuff and um she um she, she'd done a bit of boxing and i was like what that's a big and then i was asked to do um the boxing with Carol Clare for Radio City's Cash for Kids. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Terrifying. Dear, oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so most amazing thing, training-wise, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, and again, I trained in Derry Matthews' gym. And, you know, massively male-dominated. 
Um, and I used to go training at like six in the morning. So I used to go in early before I went into work. Goodness. And all, all like, so the professionals used to come in and um, they were just like so lovely. And they just, you know, yeah. they were so respectful and they wanted to help you. And they were just really, really kind, you know, giving you a little bit of advice and stuff like that. Because you want to see people, everybody's been a beginner. Most sports yeah. people, you know, get it and they go, we've been a beginner and we'll support you. And, um, and then I did the um, I did the boxing, which was so so hard. But Sasha's done. Um, I might be wrong, but she's done four or five fights herself personally. Wow. Yeah, um, and she's she's raised a lot of money, you know, doing doing the fights and things like that. Um, and and absolutely loved it. And then as Sean, you know, and and just become um, a real ambassador for for women's boxing now. Well, I think well, with the Olympics, so speaking as someone who doesn't do boxing or has never been to a boxing gym, everyone I've met who's associated with boxing is so well-mannered, mm. self-disciplined, and and that's that's what it gives out to me. You know, they're just so well-behaved and decent and, you know, they, they manage themselves well, don't they? Really well? And, but I think within the progress, like in the Olympics, the profile and the medal winners we've had from our own country – yeah. I think that's motivated a lot of people and it's quite fascinating. I think people can make an assumption about a sport when they don't know it. Yeah. Like it should be banned or this should happen or that should happen or women shouldn't do this or blah, 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 you know. And I think when you actually participate in something or you get into that area, you understand a lot more about it. And it's just good for having anyone to do any activity. And I don't know if I've said this story before, um, my son was never into footy. It wasn't his thing at school, and that was that. Nor was he into rugby, and both of his cousins were really into rugby from the same school. So I was interpreting once at the Royal for someone who was having surgery. So I was waiting, and when they're in the operating, you're there for ages, but they said, don't leave the hospital, we'll need you, and that. So I was just there, and a taxi driver was sat on the same table, and we started chatting in that, surprise, surprise. We had a brilliant conversation and he was talking to me about sport and he said, oh, what's your lad And he was saying what him and his wife did, etc. And I was telling him and I said, and he said to me, and I listened to this and I took this on board and he said, try every sport. He yep. said, obviously not buying all the stuff. He said, but give it a go. He said, because he'll have something. He'll have something. And so I really love rowing. He went to the rowing club over the water. He really enjoyed it. And that was very cheap. It was affordable and it was great. And he did fencing as well. He did that over in one of the leisure centres over the water. And he did that for his Duke of Edinburgh. And, you know, there is something for everyone. It's just about oh. And I'm certain golf is going to be mine, Helen. I'm going to take you golfing. I, I have promised to take you golfing. Fast as a sport, that's the question. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, the, the, it is a case of, you know, I, I'm I'm very sporty. Okay, so, so I... I'm quite fortunate. I'm quite fortunate. So I'm quite sort of good at, at, at every sport because I've got good hand eye coordination. My dad is exactly the same. So my dad can just, yeah, he can pick a bat and a ball up and he can play any sport. Yeah. Um, my brother isn't. My brother's, you know, can't, he, he's open. Yeah, he's yeah. open, but he can build a house and I can't. He can build a house, which is handy. Yes. Yeah. So, but I do believe that there is a sport in everybody. And I always say to people, you know, it's about exercise and movement and things like that. And it's not about being amazing at a sport, it's about going in and enjoying yourself and, and you know, meeting new friends and experiencing new things. And from tennis, you know, we, we travelled all around Liverpool. We used to play and we used to play um, around the county as well, you know, and things like that. Um, I met some lovely, lovely people. And um, and I think most, you'll see like loads of lads who play footy and they've played footy, you know, all over the place. And um, yeah. so, so you get to see other places as well. You know, Sash went to America. She, she's been to America a couple of times on a tennis camp. Um, and so being able to experience things like that through through sport is just unbelievable. Well, yeah. It gives loads of opportunity as well. It's like Marty Sang was talking last week, wasn't yeah. he? And he was saying about Airborne Academy and the cheerlead, and then they go over to camps. And his daughter's been offered to him sponsorship to go to university or college in the States. We've another friend who does football, and he's been offered that, you know, and it's the self-discipline, the training. It also says a lot about the person when they do something full-time it's their dedication 
big yeah. commitment. You know, you've got a young person, 15, 16, self-motivated. If you ever see him, them talking to Orville and Dean, they were up in that, they were up at four o'clock in the morning every day in the ice rink for 5 a.m. And then even when they were working, you know, that's what it took mm -hmm. to get that. Brian Quinn's commented there, hasn't he, Helen? And I think he's. Yeah, I was just going to read. So yeah. Brian says, evening both. Hope you get your great guest um, back. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, as Sasha has broken down the gender bias of sports, do you think the gender biases have been removed from school based sports now? Or is it still an issue? Um, well, I I think it has been removed compared to when we were younger, Brian. And I mean, I remember going to school. Boys were allowed on the field, and girls weren't. Um, it was that it was that bad. And um, there was an area boys played. We weren't actually allowed to play football. Yeah. So we took a football in, and they were like, "No, you you could. You were just told categorically you can't play football." No one would do that now, she said, hopefully. I'm sure if a girl wants to play football, they can play football, you know, in school, I would imagine, certainly. And I think there's loads of girls, you know, we've got our friend, another Martin, who's involved. He does loads as girls play football. He does loads for the girls' football. I have an Eastern Scotland. She plays football every week for a proper team, etc. you know, when I say proper professional team. So, you know, all the big clubs now have their women. We've seen the women's football on the telly. And, you know, so it, it, it it's it's changing, isn't it? I don't know. What about cricket? Um, yes, so, so I went to the 2020 with, um, it wasn't the 2020, where did we go? Um, the 100, so the 100 is the latest competition and it's to get fans who wouldn't normally go to a cricket match to come because they wanted to be like a family-based thing to try. And sports are, are being clever now. So sport is looking at, you know, it used to be elite and it used to be a certain amount of people would play. So if you, you thought of cricket, it was, you know, white middle-class people who went to play cricket yeah. in, in sort of all the little villages around. And they set the 2020 up, which is um, 20 overs, of, and, and, and they whack the ball around, and they have fireworks, and they all wear fancy colours. And I took Dad and I went for his birthday oh, a couple of years ago. The best sporting event I've ever been to. It was amazing. And then it was his birthday. He was... Um, it was his special birthday this year and I booked tickets for the hundred and the hundred is just a hundred bowls mm -hmm. and they had the women's cricket on first and then the men's cricket. So quite a lot of sports now, you know, like the women's football, we've been really successful in the world cup of the, you know, England and women are yeah. really good. And there's quite a lot of um, football on the television now. Um, there's women's rugby. So I had in two weeks time, I should have been going to the rugby world cup. Um, and it's been postponed till next year. But again, they were having the women's rugby on and then the men's rugby. And also yeah. they were having um, on the final was the women's rugby, the men's rugby and the disability um, group as well. Yeah. Um, so, it, so it was brilliant. So, so, so the actual, I've got tickets for the final, which have just been um, put over for next year. So that's like three. You're basically going to see three sporting events of different levels and, and different abilities and things and um so but i do think the gender bias um in sports in schools i think there's a lot of schools who i would say primary schools are multi-sport yeah so they all mix in um yes. i would probably say senior schools there is still a bit of you know girls play this sport boys play that sport i think where it might be more apparent is in single sex schools yeah because um, a, a boys' school mightn't offer certain things mm. and a girls' school mightn't offer certain things. Yeah. But you wouldn't really feel that it was... You wouldn't be aware of it because you're. it's not as though some people in the school are doing it and you're not. Because mm -hmm. if you're all in an all-girls school, it's where you've got um, mixed schools that you'd see that. And I know we've seen the cricket then. Rena Sal is massively involved in cricket and gets, she does so much for it. Yeah. And um, there's quite a few of them who are into it with their girls. And it's a big, big thing now, isn't it? But yeah. I think it, a lot of it's to do with funding they get. Yeah. If, it, if they get funding to promote it. And, and but I just think, um, you know, I was saying earlier today, there's a study come out. It was in The Guardian. It was in a lot of the papers today. 25% um, of 10 and 11-year-olds are... Uh, clinically obese 
and they looked at that after the lockdown and the, the impact and we knew that didn't we i mean anyone could see that yeah. but we've actually got the stats from the government through um from nhs england now the government stats on all of that and um it's a massive problem and i think if you can get a young person into any sport it's really good um especially the opportunities there if it there is funding for it and that but i do feel for a lot of people the cost or the perceived cost is prohibitive because they think they've got to buy all of this gear for their kid to play there is but i would go against that now yeah so years ago yes people needed all the kit and stuff like that with all the community sessions and you know what there's everybody goes oh there's nothing around and stuff like that there's yeah. loads and loads of stuff around you've just got to look for it that's all that's um and you know the, the national lottery fund so much community activity it's unbelievable and you know they fund the olympics as well um but i just think that there's there's that barrier to, to, to sport and you know there's lots of campaigns now that um so this girl can is a campaign yeah. for young girls so um, right. i'm an ambassador of the this girl can campaign have been for probably about six seven years now maybe um yeah. and that was about teenage girls. What they're saying is if teenage girls do an activity in a sport, an activity and like it, they'll yeah. carry it on in for the rest of their life. Most women who don't do sports didn't like it as a young person. Mm -hmm. Most people who liked it as a young person. So from the ages of, say, 11 to 14, carry on to do other activities. So, um, But there's lots of girls who, who go, oh, I don't want to be sweaty. I don't want to feel ashamed. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You know, I can't wear my makeup and all like the other bits and pieces. Um, but I do think that now, I think things are changing because, yes, there's lots of children who are obese. Um, and, you know, that's, that's a food thing and we could go on forever about that. Um, I keep on banging on to people that exercise is, it's not about exercise. It's about movement. So we need to move. So if you exercise for one hour, so you go to the gym half six to half yeah. seven in the morning, okay, yeah. and you go, be in the gym this morning. And then you go to work and you sit at your desk for eight hours. But you're all smug to yourself because you've been... You well, know, I am, yes. <laughs> so unfortunately, you're not moving through the day. No. And it's movements that, you know, we, we our tagline is movement creates motivation because yeah. the more you move, the more you want to do. Um, and that's what's happening is people go to the gym for an hour and think, oh, I've smashed it today. I've nailed it. Yeah. But then sit at the desk all day. And then you've got other people who don't go to the gym, but they might walk to work and they might or they might yeah. walk to the bus stop and then they get them. And they're probably more healthy than somebody who goes to the gym for one hour. And they didn't study on um, one of the panorama programs or something like that. And they put the Fitbit on people. And they had to walk 10,000 steps. And one group had to walk 10,000 steps there and then. Yeah. And one group had to walk 10,000 steps through the day. Yeah. And then they recorded. And the ones who walk through the day, um, everything reduced, their blood pressure reduced, it, you know, because they were just physically moving more, yeah. And that's where all the problems are coming from, is yeah, from just not moving. It's a vicious circle as well. So if people are moving throughout the day, um, as you said, the blood pressure gets reduced. But if you're not, what happens is your blood pressure goes up and then you feel less able to do something. Mm. And this is what I've been reading a lot of articles and it's saying, don't think, oh, I've got to do my 10,000. All right, God, start with 2,000, mm. then two and a half, then three. But I think it's right what you said. Like people used to walk everywhere, didn't they? Um, and you think how many cars are on the roads now, et cetera. And just even if someone got public transport, then you've got a good walk or um, – Mind you, sometimes in town you end up, people might park quite a way out and, and walk in and things like that. And I think it, it is um, a good walk sort of to and from work or maybe in lunch hour and, you know, makes such a, a massive difference. Or, you know, if you're doing jobs, you feel much better, etc. Brian said, great discussion this. I love Sandra's story about try every sport because one will fit. Sadly, that wasn't my experience at Noel Balls Boys School in Liverpool. So glad to hear your experience. It's two years ago. It was different. And I think one of the horrific things you were saying about young women not liking sport, maybe the women who don't do sports now. I wasn't a great lover of sport. I played tennis every lunch hour because I enjoyed it with my friends. Yeah. 
be organized in I, my school was quite good for sport but I didn't like it so much because it was things like if you forget your towel you get a paper towel to get dry yeah. in the shower and it's that type of thing yeah. and I think oh you're nasty people yeah. and then when the school went comprehensive we got a look we got a trampoline which we all thought was fantastic and we had a lovely teacher she was so nice and we all liked it and we got a nice dance teacher. and they were nice teachers and it, it did make quite a difference to us hopefully things were a lot better now um you know and people have different attitudes towards and when we say that we we, we we talk about education quite quite a lot don't we in our everyday lives and things like that yeah. and you know um if you've got a good coach or a good teacher or um somebody who invest into the to the young people so yeah. when you're teaching if you invest into into your class right. then you know the the benefits are just unbelievable and the payback so i am super competitive i am really sporty yeah. and today we've been in rudston you know and um we had little nursery ones in so nursery children of age three um who were all amazing in all fairness they were all brilliant um and then one little guy ran and, you know, um, we, we'd set it up as a football as well, had me as a goal, yeah. um, because to encourage them. And, you know, the, the staff, or, oh, you know, they've got a kick now. And, and yeah, you know, because they can, and they've got to bounce balls because yeah. they can. Um, and a little one, he ran in and, and he proper slogged it with his, and I thought, yeah. oh, I actually said, like, oh, his pocket rocket left foot there. <laughs> so if I had somewhere, I'd be like, right, okay, you're coming out because you're, you know, and we will harness that. And, yeah. You know, um, and I think if you're good at something, be good at something, be great at something, and all the other stuff will fit in. It's true because it builds confidence. And if you get confident in one area, that knocks over into other areas as well, you know. Yeah. And it's what we say all the time, um, movement creates motivation. So you're moving around, you're doing things, you're participating and it just makes you feel better, doesn't it? It makes you feel like doing more. And I know when I exercise in the morning, I ha I am more productive afterwards, definitely. And my work that might be a bit mundane and boring goes a bit quicker and thing, you know, if I'm writing on the computer and stuff like well, that. I read, I read an article last week. So um, I read an article about um, how lockdown people, people have been sitting more. Yeah. And um, physiotherapists are being inundated with people with lower back problems and yes. knee problems and these physios yeah. are like oh, what's going on anyway what they've done is they've had a look at it all and um it's actually the the the, the technical name is lazy arse syndrome and what's happened is our glutes yeah yeah so our glutes which is, which is our bum muscles um do so much for us but we don't we don't realize what they do Okay, but mm -hmm. they move our legs and they, they do so much for us. And what they've said is that people have been sitting for so long, our bums have actually switched off. So the bum muscles have switched off, so therefore they're not doing the job that they're supposed to do. So that's why people are, you know, their, their backs are sore because their bum muscles are not um, firing. Yeah. And we have, like, different shapes of muscles in our bums and they do different things and stuff like that. Um and it was a really, really interesting article. And I was like, do you know what? My knees have been really quite sore. Mm -hmm. um, and I do struggle with my knees. Um, and I have been sitting down much, much more. Anyway, there's four exercises to do. And I did all the four glute exercises. And my bum cheeks were, like, really sore. And I thought, that's because I'm not firing them as much as I normally do. Well, I need those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those exercises because I sit down way too much now. Yeah. yeah. And what they're saying is if you sit down for an hour, um, you need to do then do an hour of um hip flexors and, and, and glute muscles and, and things like that because yeah. we're just switching off. Um yeah. and I think that's you know, the calf muscles are the same. Our middle calf muscle is switched off because we don't do long distance anymore. So quite a lot of runners go out and run, but they're not training their middle calf muscle um, because they, they haven't, you know, and they just don't need. And so what happens is you can go short distance, but then your long distance um, 
and, and there's exercises specifically for your, for your middle calf muscle yeah. um, to build that up because that's your, that's, your, that's your longevity. That's how you keep going and you keep going. But people are not training like that. And then you've got all these runners going, oh. So the amount of people who've got Achilles um, tendons, you know, Achilles tendon problems, I would say I've spoke to about eight or nine people from lockdown because people just go, Oh, I'm going to run, and they've upped the distance too much because they've been running a lot more than what they normally would do if they were working. But they think by going for a run, they're doing amazing, which yes, they are. But you've got to train the muscles to take you for that run as well. Yeah, um, and that's and you know I was a prime example about that at the weekend because I hadn't done the training. My legs were in bits on Monday, Tuesday. Everybody oh. was delighted about because that's how I normally make them feel. That's exactly what I said. Now you know how I feel two days after your sessions. But <laughs> as you said, though, it was up and downhill, wasn't it? It's not, and it's quite a different oh. thing. You were saying, Fry said yes, and interesting. Now recently, when we were seriously restricted in our movement, um, that the nation, if not the world's mental health, deteriorated. Absolutely, that was one of the biggest things: not getting out and about not moving because moving does release endorphins exercise does and it makes you feel better doesn't it it's oh, million percent, um, million percent. Being, you know and we were having the conversation last week about um so i i you know people go oh you never sit down you never do this you know you're always on the go and stuff and you yeah. don't even rest of a weekend and i was like well my rest is walking in the woods with with the, yeah. and i've now come to the fact uh, or to the i've realized that trees are my thing so it's like, um, I go for I go for a walk in the park, and and I love it. It's beautiful, and there's like you know green. Mm -hmm. And I, I never listen to earphones. I've said lots of times, you know, I don't listen to things as I'm out and about and stuff. And um, at the moment, my best time is when I'm in the woods. So it's I go to the park, and it's beautiful, and you know, with the dog and stuff. But when I'm like really close to trees, I think yeah. I've become like a little bit of a I don't know, like a bit of a hippie type thing. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the trees are going and, and, and just like pulling all stuff out of me and I just feel like so relaxed and the most amazing thing on the Anglesey um, 10k we ran on the beach horrific horrific me legs so difficult to run on the beach to run on sand so so difficult went out went around the lighthouse come back and then we were running in the trees and the trees were literally the path must have been 30 centimeters max yeah, a really thin, narrow path in and out all of the trees, um, and the dogs like she's. I mean, she's cool, isn't she? So she's in front of me, and there was just like nobody around, and there was all these trees, and I just thought, I, I kept on thinking to myself, how lucky am I? This is just like absolutely amazing. So mm -hmm. yeah, so trees is me. Um, I think I'm yeah, trees is me thing at the moment. So um, the sexton who we met. Um, she came into our office, didn't she? And um, she's done herself a challenge in November. So she was really busy in her life. And and um, and again, for her mental health, she, she, she stopped and she was like, right, I need to stop and look around. And she mm. stopped and she looked and she's looking for rainbows. So every oh, day she's posting on social media. And it's not so much, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a rainbow. It could be like beautifully bright colored and, and the things that she's seeing is unbelievable. Like she found um, a, a coloured umbrella, which was like mashed in the corner, you know, after it had rained. Like yeah. obviously the umbrella. And she's just got all these like dead cool things. So I think I'm going to pinch her idea. And I think in December, I'm going to do trees. I'm going to do a tree a day in um, December. Well, we're dead lucky with our parks here as well. You know, my sister um, was down from Dundee. It's my half sister. So she's grown up in Scotland her whole life. And where they are, they're in Broughty Ferry, which is really nice. It's a lovely little, just, it's sort of blended into Dundee now, um, which is where they're from. They moved out. And it's it's lovely. It's a really nice little place. But in Dundee, you literally are a mile and you're in the countryside when you come oh, to the outskirts. Yeah. Everything's, it's like, um, you know, like Halifax and places like that. They're just, they're right on the countryside, aren't they? And she said, oh, it, you know, she liked it and there was loads. And she loved it. She went to town. We went we went on the floating grace, which was just, if you have a visitor coming to the city, Sunday lunch, 25 quid ahead, you get a nice lunch. The lunch was really nice. I had the vegan one. The nut roast was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It was. I was dead impressed with it and dessert and everything. And um, they do a tour around the dark and everything. So 
but actually it's very historical. I've been on it a few times with, with visitors coming and it was Rob Wood did the talk this time. Normally it's Peter Kenny. And um, there were loads of things I learned. It was really mm -hmm. good. So well, my mum went, didn't she? My mum and her mates went and they, they had afternoon tea, didn't they, on the boat? Yeah. But yeah, anyway, yeah, so Jeanette was saying it was lovely and there was an awful lot to do in the city, you know, so we were spoiled for choice every day. But she noticed that and I said, oh, well, we've got lovely parks because we have, yeah, but you yeah. sort of purposely need to make the effort to go to the park, don't you, yeah. to see the greenery. And, and I think we are one of the greenest cities. Our trees are so lovely and established and it, and um, my son, you know, who lived over the water, he says that he loves Liverpool for all the trees. He said the trees are so nice and they are calm. And, and that's what they said. You know, you should give your eyes a rest. Look at greenery. Look at the countryside. Even just go to the park and breathe a bit. And it just makes you relax. It gives your eyes a rest, you know. Um, that's what they say. So I did. I did um, a walking course. So a couple of years ago, I did a walking course. It was to become a walk leader so I could take oh, people on the way. Okay. Um, go on. And I was like, oh, God, fancy. Yeah, I've got to go on this thing to take people for a walk. Do you know what? It was amazing. And we did it in Everton Park Sports Centre. And there was people from all around the country who came to, to Liverpool to do it. And um, the guy, Gavin, who took it, he's a, he's a cracking fella, really, really good. Um, and we went for a walk along um, in Everton Park. Yeah. The, you know, they used to call it on top of the world when, when we were little because from the, the view from Everton Park, you can just see across the city and everything. And um, it was lovely because you had all these people who had never been to the city. And um, yeah. and then, you you know, you were all walking along and stuff like that. Um, and it was just it was just amazing to see how and then people were laughing and people were joking and then, you know, and, and it was like the feel good thing, you know, just being outside and um and part of it was, um, it was sponsored by Macmillan um, Cancer Research as well. And they were saying five minutes in green space reduces your um, blood pressure. So they were saying you need to get out, but you need to be like at least five five minutes in, in green space just reduces. And it just has a common influence on you. So I don't know whether that's why I'm feeling all calm and influenced by being in all the green space and stuff. That's like similar, that. isn't it? That's why they're saying like you should have all plants in your office. Mm. in your home and in the workplace have greenery have have foliage because it's it's important isn't it and you know we breathe better for it etc yeah. so there we are go trees there you go save, save our trees um, so shout out to the grown-ups son shout oh loads of grown-ups who were amazing oh. teachers today was absolutely amazing at that school what a positive person and what they're doing and they have a dog there yeah, which I loved. when I where I used to teach, we had a dog for the kids. They've got a dog that was I didn't quite recognise what breed it was, and she explained it to me and that. Um, and uh, it was just gorgeous, wasn't it? And um, lovely nature, and she was just a lovely person. And I didn't know Rudston Road School was so big because I I used to both there when I lived in Chilwell when I was younger, and you just see the front of the school. That's mm -hmm. the only bit you see. And then there was all the feet and the other part. And I just had no idea. And it's a really forward-thinking school. And just the way they are, all they care about is looking after kids. And they've got to do the forest schools, which is – forest schools is part of that as well, isn't it? Mm. Getting kids into the – Being outside, isn't it, in the space? Absolutely, outside, 100%. So massive shout-out to her. Shout-out to Danny de Brabender, who's has a, been a really ups and down with his cancer journey. And he's a former guest on the show. And they've raised £68,000 now, which is incredible. So something massively positive has come from his illness. And, I mean, it must be a year ago nearly we had him on the show, or if not a year. Must be, know. yeah, yeah. He was one of our very first guests to come on, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on before Christmas, I'm sure of it. And he's done mm -hmm. so much. And and these the, the money oh, all awesome, yeah. people, and it's... You know, he's got a, the, it's a team as well. He calls it the team around him, and they all do so much, you know. So, massive shout out to him as well. What about you? Um, so, I'm going to shout out for Paddy Heron. So, Paul Heron was one of our guests, um, and his dad is Paddy, and he's been doing children in read for yeah. years and years and years. And, um, He's raised, he raises like 20 odd thousand pounds every year. He's just unbelievable. They're just an amazing family. They're just, they're just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but he's been nominated um, 
for an award but so i was like oh how do we vote for it but it's not it's actually a panel so the children in need um panel so fingers round all is sound for paddy heron um we're doing this paddy yeah um we want him to win that so, so that'd be i mean that'd be unbelievable because he's uh well well deserves that you know truly deserves that um award so yeah um so um, amazing and what is children in need though what exactly is it though? So he started getting some authors, didn't he? And asking them oh. to donate some books. Um, and then we sell the books, but it's it's a big, massive, huge thing. Because he just thinks that all children should read. Um, and now he, he has all these authors who would donate books to him and they sign them and then they sell them off to the kids. And um, and it, it's gone from this little tiny idea. I think he's been doing it for about maybe 15 years, you know. And it starts off as this tiny little thing and it just grows and every year he just raises more and more money. And I think they do auction some books and all sorts of things, yeah. It's um, a really, really inspiring thing because it's raising money but also getting um, the young people to read, which is um, a massive, massive thing for them all as well, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so they're my shout-outs, yeah. Um, positive challenge, San. Well... Hmm. In terms of, a, this is sort of connected really for me with my, like thinking about motivational quotes and things as well, because we we're going to ask our guests to do that with, with a box and she's got so much to offer and hopefully we'll be able to have her again. That's two of your guests who've gone off in the middle of the show now. <laughs> we'll have to get that boxed off. Okay, so it's about resilience so sometimes, and this has come up for me with different people this week, people will try things and it doesn't always work. That's okay. But it's about keeping going, isn't it? And keeping at things. Often you don't get success straight away. And they always say success is the tip of the iceberg. And people don't see all the base that's underneath, which is 10 times the size of the top of the iceberg. And it's all the efforts that's gone on. And it's maintaining that and keep going, keep going, keep going and things work don't just give up straight away that's with kids with parents the kids with parents themselves and everything and one of the motivational things and you might have a different thing but i was looking for motivational quotes and this sort of backs that up for me and it's the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine oh. and that keep it in it's it's consistency isn't it no one sort of well some people might get up and just suddenly be amazing from day one okay great for them but that isn't me it's consistently doing it and being an effort constant effort and keep going on the right track all the time and you will get there and it's very very hard and sometimes you want to get off that track get off that bus or whatever or you're weary and tired but it's every day showing up keep going and working towards your goal. So it's the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. So I don't know whether that is a positive challenge. If I was to create a positive challenge, I'd say to someone, right, have have your big goal, yeah, but have your little goals, your little wins that you want to achieve on the way. And just let's get going for your little wins first in your length for the big for, for your big goals. So maybe set yourself some goals. That's what I'd say is a positive challenge a small goal or a large goal of something you want to achieve yeah and tom tom's listening into tom's is, is he in new orleans is he or? yeah uh, tom tom's well he's certainly in louisiana somewhere louisiana. but I, I met him apologies. in new orleans oh apologies louisiana i'm stuck in the hotel in hurricane katrina so he says adaptability is the key to survival absolutely absolutely and that's what survival of the species species who are adaptable do survive you bang on there tom absolutely mm, and what time is it where tom is uh, he's in oh, new, he's new orleans yeah yeah, yeah he's in new orleans they say yeah so he's it's in the afternoon there amazing and mm. yeah so I was gonna, I was gonna, because because we've been talking about movement and, and exercise yeah. and things like that. And my positive challenge was gonna be just just move more, you know. Um, so just see, yeah. So it's two o'clock in New Orleans, um, yeah. and we've missed Tom. Tom. We've we've missed him. Either. I have missed you, Tom. Yeah, Is we've missed him. Um, so yeah, so I'm just thinking, just move a little bit more if you can, you know. Whether it's you know um, getting up every set, you know, set the timer on your phone if you're working at home. Um, get up every 20 minutes and just stand up and sit back down again or you know 
have a little walk around the house and then back in again. You haven't got to do anything crazy. You haven't got to go for runs or anything. Just physically move more, you know, whether it's swinging your arms around and yeah. um, you know, moving your legs or whatever like that. So, yeah. Um, so, Stan, have we got a positive code? Because I've got... Um, go on, you fire away if you've got one. Um, so I, I put it up on, on um, social media and um, it really resonated with me because I, I we've been talking about sports and things like that. Yeah. Um, and when I read this, I was like, wow. So it is, a good coach can change a game. Mm -hmm. A great coach can change a life. Brilliant. So, yeah, it can be in business. It can be in sport, um, whatever. So I'm not here next week. Sandra's going to find a co-presenter. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, because I'm going to see Sir Ranulph Fines, which I'm super, super excited about. Um, and so we will see you all next week. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. And hopefully we'll get Sasha back. <laughs> <laughs>